Hello, everyone. Are you being good boys and girls? Are you eating your vegetables? It's your old Tuckle Buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan, reporting live for duty on this magnificent January 18th in the year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Hey, how you doing, folks? Glad to be here with you. If you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. This is a show where I bitch, whine, squawk, bellyache, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self. Y'all the dear listener. Y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs, forever. Yes. Uh, did I say that? Current events, random rants and raves, comedic bits. The whole kit and caboodle, folks. You can't go wrong. I'm available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, video, vodcast versions of the show on YouTube. My own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And if you're enjoying the show thus far, you know, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, you know, a little entertainment, you know, for crying out loud, folks, help my black ass out, you know. Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know it truly is. You know? And if you are new to the show, I am an actor extraordinaire. Diploma in theater arts. Performer to the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it. Yeah, it's hot. It's stifling hot. Awfully hot, folks. You know, when you get under them lights, boy, it gets hot. I don't know what it is. Generally speaking, as a performer, um, prior to performance, there's a couple things you want to do. You know, as an actor, performer, one who trods the boards of show business, one who speaks the text of artists from the past, Chekhov, Shakespeare, Moliere, you know, Elmer Fudd, ah, oh, that waskawi Wuhan wabbit, <coughs> ah, you know, you know, art. Generally speaking, artists, performers, you know, before you, you know, get on stage, get on camera, you know, get on with the bloody thing, you know, you, you do a couple things, couple checklists, you know, a PSD. Pre-show dump. Now I know that's pretty vulgar and crass, but, you know, even the females, even the ladies, you know, even the maidens of the performance industry, talk to one of them sometime. They'll tell you. I remember coming up in uh, theater school, you know, studying acting, singing, tap dance, the whole kit and caboodle. Absolute waste of time. But coming up as a young thespian... I first learned of PSDs, pre-show dumps, from the ladies. You know, you'd be backstage before a show. They'd be like, ah, ah, God, help me get out of my dress. I got to go take a PSD. You're like, what? A pre-show dump. Holy moly. So that's what Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon do, you know, prior to 
you know, shooting a film, you know? They're in their trailer taking a PSD, pre-show dump. This is known throughout the industry, folks, at least in some of the circles that I've been acquainted with. Also, taking a shower, you know, getting the suds, the soap, you know, rinsing down, getting nice and fresh. You know, I guess you would take a PSD, pre-show dump, then you would take a shower. So, you know, here I am. Didn't have to quite take a PSD today, but I did take a shower. So maybe I'm just a little, maybe I'm still just vibrating from the, you know, you know how sometimes when you get out of a shower, you still got a little bit of that heat on you. You know, you've been, I like to take nice warm showers, long showers, you know, like, I don't know, like 10, 15 minutes. So maybe I'm still just kind of hot and wound up from the shower. I don't know. But I'm telling you, boy, gets hot. You know? Gotta wipe yourself down every now and then, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, folks, sometimes it gets hot. Anyway, actor, thespian extraordinaire. And, uh, you know, top of the new year here, 2021. I have um, already been blessed with my first job application. Um, I subscribe to a paid online actors database i pay a monthly fee it comes out annually i pay an annual fee to be a part of this site and uh, i am then uh, privy to industry auditions various commercials various short films various low budget uh, college productions there's a wide gamut paid work unpaid work, the whole kit and caboodle, I have, I have access to. And that's important because, you know, I am very independent as a performer, as an actor, thespian extraordinaire. You know, I'm very independent, but it's also important to, from my viewpoint, be associated with your industry, whatever it is you do, you know, let's say you're a locksmith, you know, What's the point in languishing in obscurity in your strange little locksmith cupboard? You know, you got some dingy little garage that you operate out of, you know, you're, you know, you're bumming around picking locks, you know, you might as well join the locksmith picking association or whatever it is, you know, get yourself involved in your industry to branch out, make connections, broaden your horizon. So that's why I do this. Um, I have a very independent spirit, but I am also open to the opportunity of the industry in which I uh, am involved in. So it's a blessing. 2021, I have applied for my first uh, gig. We'll see what happens. You know, it's still on shaky ground. You know, lockdown, coronavirus. pandemic pending, but we'll see what happens, folks. And aside from that, I am very busy boning up, you know, boning up, learning up, reading up on my trade. You know, I got books coming out the wazoo, folks, I'm telling you. Holy smokes, I'm steeped in it, you know. Respect for acting. Take a gander at that. Look at that mug. Respect for acting by Uda Hagen. Yes, this is a monumental, uh, 
book on acting by one of the four running uh, acting coaches of the 20th century, Uta Hagen. Legendary actress and teacher Uta Hagen knew that an actor's finest work was often done and achieved for love rather than for money. You can say that again. She lived this philosophy alongside her husband, Herbert Berghoff, of HB Studio, their acting school in New York. It was there that they created a workplace and spiritual home for actors such as Robert De Niro. I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. <laughs> your mother's cunt. Your mother's cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck your mother. <laughs> Such actors as Robert De Niro, Jack Lemmon, Anne Batcroft, Bancroft, and Bette Midler. Don't really have any impersonations for them, but fine actors and actresses nonetheless. So as you can see, Uta Hagen, respect for acting. She even fucked a black man, you know, back in like the 1930s. Paul Robeson, you know, he was like a football player turned Broadway singer. You know, there's an old man called the Mississippi. That's the old man that I'd want to be. What does he care if the world has trouble? What does he care if he can't roam free? Old man river, that old man river, he must know something, but don't say nothing. He just keeps rolling, he just keeps rolling, he just keeps rolling along. You know, Paul Robeson, she fucked a black man back in like 1936. You know, it was scandalous. Uta Hagen, you know, her and Paul Robeson were doing a production of uh, Othello, and they were caught up in a tumultuous love affair. He was giving it to her, you know, full court press. I think he was like a linebacker or something. He was fucking the shit out of her, you know, pardon my French folks. But nonetheless, Respect for Acting by Uta Hagen. This has been a godsend. Not that I read the book yet, you know, I've been working on it. But, um, you know, it's been a godsend for me at the top of 2021. Um, part of my backstory, my back history as an actor, thespian extraordinaire. <sighs> you, you suffer from imposter syndrome, a lack of business know-how, a lack of belief, you know, arrogance. You know, you're, you're just such a mess when you, when you first plop into the showbiz, you know, industry. You know what the hell you're doing, tops or tails. I didn't really have much guidance. So, you know, I flippered and I floundered. So a lot of, I had the discipline to seek. You know, I seeked training. I seeked employment. I seeked uh, rehearsals, practice. You know, I took classes. You know, I really busted my hump, busted the old chops. So it's not like I was exactly a slouch, you know, but um, I didn't always have the 
open-mindedness. And the thing about that book, you know, Respect for Acting by Uta Hagen, you have to do it in real time. Like, at the end of every chapter, there's a little exercise, and, you know, she goes, I want you to drop whatever you're doing right now and go and do this exercise. Pace back and forth. Practice your entrances and exits. Ah, you know, I didn't really have the patience for it. I'm like, don't tell me what to do. Do not tell me what to do. It's kind of arrogant like that when I was, you know, a youngin, a little munchkin, getting into the acting game. Today where I am, I'm a little bit more open-minded, a little bit more considerate. As I mentioned, you know, putting myself out there as an independent, putting myself out there as an independent contractor. You know, you want to hire my black ass for something? Feel free. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com, you know? But a part of this growth is incorporating my inner qualities, producing things, content for myself, but also being open to working with others. And that's relatable across industry, folks. Whatever you do, you know, hold hands, but, uh, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, take a swing for yourself. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. Yes. Coffee break balls. Don't mind me, balls. Ah, little coffee break. I am also a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yes. And again, you know, I've been really busting my chops. I've really been busting my hump. Top of 2021. I'm nose deep in a notebook. You know, I'm writing jokes an hour a day. You know, minimum. Coming up with new content. Plans for the future. And also accepting what is before me. That's very important too in a career. Whatever you do, you got to accept what is before you. We're in a pandemic, folks, in case you didn't notice. And, you know, it's not been exactly easy for a lot of industries. You know, whatever you do. I mean, let's list it off. You know, let's say you're a teacher, you know, that's been a, an adjustment, you know. Like, how can you molest a student if, you know, you're teaching classes via Zoom? You know, so it's been hard for students, you know, uh, priests, again, you know, how can you steal money from the um, misguided and, you know, downtrodden if, you know, you're, you're forced to conduct these virtual sermons? How are you supposed to get into people's wallets? Not exactly easy, you know, well, I guess there's credit card scams and stuff you can do, but again, you know. Organized religion, they're having a tough go of it. Um, I don't know, healthcare, you know? How can you continuously keep up with the lie of COVID-19? You know, fudging medical forms, you know? Did he die of a heart attack or did he die of COVID-19? Who knows, who cares? Fund us. Fund us. How are you supposed to continue this lie indefinitely? It's not exactly easy making up lives, <clears throat> lies, you know, every time you open your mouth, you know, it's not exactly easy. So, you know, a lot of people are definitely struggling during this time. So accepting what is before you, you know, that's very important, very key. As I mentioned, you know, I am a stand-up comedian. I'm an actor. I got a very independent streak 
to me, right? And prior to pandemic, I was producing stand-up comedy shows of my own here in Toronto, Canada, to um, humble success. I was happy to do it, but hey, the truth of the matter was it was hard to get attendance, hard putting them butts in the seat, folks. And like any industry, it's not going to be handed to you on a silver platter. You got to go out there and get it. How does any business survive? By producing good work and cultivating customers. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. It's not exactly easy, you know. I'm going up against the Hollywood machine. I'm going up against the New York scene, Broadway. I'm going up against Bollywood. I'm going up against, you know, seven-year-old kids on fucking YouTube who know how to play the ukulele. You know, it's like, it's not exactly easy getting an audience, folks. You know? So, um, you know, I've been working at it with a good attitude. You know? I ain't bent out of shape about it. I ain't complaining. I'm, I'm happy and grateful, you know? For every little comment, every like, every little furtherment of my career that I get, I'm very grateful for it. And accepting what is before you, that's relatable across industry. Because like I said, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to gain an audience, gain industry recognition, and to gain your place. It's pretty much the exact same struggle as a restaurant owner or a construction company a uh what do you call it like an independent contractor who you know renovates houses or something it's the same thing you're competing on the open market so what was going on with me pre-pandemic was like yeah the the struggle and the learning curve of growing a business. Well, due to pandemic, due to lockdown, hey, like the leaders of my industry, all the big names, all the big comedians, all the big rock stars, rappers, actors, touring is canceled. Productions are canceled. Everything is on hiatus. Now, I don't want that, obviously, and obviously neither do they. But I'm in a position where I have to accept it, much like everyone. I have to accept that things are changing. I have to keep a good attitude and move forward. And that's why I do what I can. I keep myself busy, nose deep, you know, nose deep an hour a day writing jokes, you know, having... um a grateful attitude and approach for what I do, a hunger and a desire to continue. You know, I'm still open for business. You know, JR the P, Jonathan Ramchand, the podcast. We've been making podcasts throughout the pandemic, pre and post pandemic, God willing, going forward. And um, yeah, that's it. Just doing that, doing what's in front of me. And that's relatable to anybody out there. You know, it's, it's a little bit of an annoyance, but 
I was motivated to say that today because it's like, you know, every now and then you get a little blue, you know, a little down on yourself. And I was doing a workout today and I was kind of, I don't know, just it kind of hit me. It's like, wow, I hadn't been on stage in so long. It's been almost, it's been like a year, close to a year since I've been on stage in any meaningful capacity, live performing. And I was like, wow, this sucks. And wow, I wish I was, I wish this, I wish that. And I thought, you know what? I've done everything I can. I'm accepting what's in front of me. And I am moving forward the best and the safest way I know how. You know, I'm accepting of the situation and I'm not angry about it. You know, I'm not trying to get back lost time or complain or whine about it. And I'm outspoken. I mean, if you're tuning in for the first time, I personally believe that COVID-19 is a political weapon used to disrupt global economies and gain control for whatever nefarious reason. It's phony baloney. You know, it's a bunch of hogwash. You know, we're getting fucked, folks. You know, so... It's pretty much the exact same narrative that it's been the entire time. And there's all these lockdowns and there's all this fear in the societal psyche. In the global consciousness, what is it going to be moving forward? Well, who knows? Just do what's in front of you. Have a good attitude. Be grateful. You know, state your case. You know, myself personally, I social distance. I wash my hands. I wear a mask where I'm required to. But when I'm walking down the street, I think it's important that people see that, hey, there's no need to wear a mask outdoors when you're walking down the street. There has literally been no change in the information that we've been given. Political um, pundits globally are using this to control us. And if they were truly afraid of this coronavirus, COVID-19, if they were truly afraid of it, they wouldn't abscond to their little beachfront vacations on Christmas break, on New Year's break. They wouldn't be continuously breaking the orders that they put in place. They wouldn't be leading from a sense of do as I say, but not as I do. They're hypocrites, they're liars, and it's a political um, game. It's a political weapon, it's a political game. So... You know, plenty of humor there, obviously, folks. But that's what I'm doing. What's in front of me? And I hope that's relatable to anybody out there. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Coffee break, balls. Don't mind me, balls. All righty. So, you know, 2021, I mean, some comedians, some podcasters, some content creators believe that people are sick of narratives regarding COVID-19. And it's true. It's in every news cycle. But I don't want to turn a blind eye to what's going on. This is something that's disrupting global economies. This is something that's unsettling in the global consciousness. 
It's a mind fuck. For example, well, I mean, for example, look out your window. You're going to see people wearing masks, walking around in fear. Turn on your television or your computer. You're going to see and hear people walking around in fear. And for what reason? Have we been given any meaningful information on COVID-19 that's any different than uh, what we learned last January, about a year ago today? Like, is there any difference in narrative? There's literally been no difference. They conflate the numbers and figures, you know. There's accusations that hospitals are conflating. Like, okay, somebody goes in with a heart attack, but then they treat them for COVID-19. Then the paperwork gets conjumbled. That way... The hospital gets more COVID-19 funding and research. It's a political weapon. It's a game. And there's no change in information. It affects the elderly. It affects the poor at health. It affects the overly obese. 80% of people who catch it can recover without any special type of treatment. Many people catch it and recover from it. Sadly, for the select few or the few that do get it, there are varying levels of effects. But generally speaking, there's no change of narrative, yet we are still, in a sense, in a state of lockdown, global pandemic. And, you know, I, as a comedian, actor, content creator, podcaster. What's the point in shying away from it? It's everywhere I look. It's everywhere I go. Much like the globe. (laughs) Much like the world. It's everywhere you look, everywhere you go. There's no point in shying away from it. So I think part of what's going to get us through this is people speaking up and saying their opinion. And a global consciousness and a global awareness on it. We, we can't just let the media and these, these political people mumbo-jumbo dictate the narrative. I mean, here in Toronto, Canada, um, again, there's so much news cycle that it's hard to keep it straight sometimes, but it was either in Toronto or Canada. I'm not going to bother to look it up because just look into your own news cycle. You'll see the same cases happening wherever you live. But in Toronto, Canada, where I live, it was either a Toronto or a Canadian high-ranking medical official left on a vacation during the Christmas New Year holidays. They went on some sort of vacation out of country negating the lockdown procedures that were in place. People were advised to stay at home, don't travel. Yet this high-ranking medical official of a of like, you know, a high-ranking medical official in the Canadian society absconds on this vacation. And then he goes, "It was a dumb dumb Lack of judgment on my part. Hmm, I don't know why I did it. 
<sighs> I'm going to have to work really hard to regain the trust of the Canadian people. Regain our trust? We're not thinking of you, you dumbass. You're just one of these dummy bozo fucking boom blockheads that have inserted themselves into some cushy little political career and you kind of go ahead and do what you want and you dictate a narrative of do as I say, but not as I do. You regain our trust? Who the fuck says I thought of you to begin with or trust you to begin with? You're just there. You've just weaseled your way in there and they're playing these little puppeteer games controlling us. And this is deep-rooted. And I think part of the cure is open dialogue and not in just some sense. I mean, everywhere you go, make a point of it. Make a point. You know, and again, I don't, you know, that's my, that's my opinion. As I said, COVID-19, political weapon used to disrupt global economies and detect and dictate narratives and gain control for whatever nefarious reason, some sort of deep state thing going on, a Cold War style situation between United States of America and China. I'm not privy to any other information. But, yo, show me some other information. What, what, what meaningful information has come out in the last year that's any different than it was a year ago? What? What? What has changed? It's the exact same when you leave your house. When I go to the grocery store, it's the exact same situation, the exact same customers and people I see. There, nothing has changed. Yet it's like, the, the numbers are spiking Fear and, and uncertainty forever. Ugh. You know? I got neighbors that are going out of their fucking mind. Um, I got neighbors that I don't know what's going on. Perhaps it's an exacerbated side effect of being under this state of pandemic. But it's like they've gone bonkers, loco. Either that or they're just drunk or high or off their medication or something. It's like literally all day long, you know, you hear like this lowly banging, tapping, bumping, bonking. And, you know, think about that over like the course of a full day. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not like quarantined at the moment, you know, but you know, I'm at home quite a lot due to pandemic and like throughout the day, all day long, you consistently, you're hearing like banging, bonking, booming, people moving, shuffling around all day. And what that says to me is like, okay, these are people that are lacking peace they're obviously in some sense of agitation obviously in some state of agitation they're banging they're bonking they're bumbling around all day long consistently it's been going on for weeks now and it's like i don't think any more of it other than 
I empathize, you know. I empathize because it's like, okay, I get it. Like, there's something wrong with you, you know, to be bonking and bumbling around indefinitely. Like, if you're not at peace in your own home, where else are you at peace? I mean, generally speaking, it would be nice to have a sense of peace that, you know, emits from you everywhere you go. But my observation on these people is like, if you're continuously bonking, like, just stupidity, you know, that's my judgment on it. That's my observation on it. And I mean, but yeah, isn't it stupid to be an adult and like to be constantly banging into a wall and dropping things and shuffling things around to the point in which your neighbors can hear you? It's like continuous. And it does. I don't think anything of it other than these people are obviously dealing with the pressures of this pandemic and they're not at peace. Because, you know, if you can't even be at peace in your own home, where can you be at peace? I don't know. It's very interesting. So, you know, I guess my duty is to have more care for my fellow man and my neighbor and not to judge them, you know, and... I thought about it because it's to the point where it's like I could, like if I wanted to really be, if I really wanted to go with the norm, like a normal reaction for what I'm dealing with. I mean, these people are making noise continuously. And if I wanted to go with the norm, most people would have already by now went and banged on their door. What the fuck are you doing in there? Like I've heard people do it before. I remember once I heard another neighbor, they went and they banged on this neighbor's door. What the hell are you doing in there? You're always banging. You're always bonking. What are you doing? The lady opens the door and she's just like, I have to bang. Like Normally, those would be music to your ears if a woman opened the door and said that. I have to bang. You know, Generally speaking, that would be music to your ears. But in this case, it was just like, fuck you talking about you have to bang. It's like nonsensical. And it's like, it's beyond the point of stupidity where it's like, I can't even be involved in it to even think about it. It's like, why is a person banging, bonking, booming, shuffling around, muffling around? You just have to write it off as unfortunate and wish them well. Like, you ever be walking down the street and you, you're looking at somebody and they're dragging their feet and they're shuffling and they're muffling and they're just, you know, they're dragging their feet and they're shuffling around. It's just like, <laughs> it's unpleasant. It's unpleasant. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, I feel for them, and I, I, that's why, and I, I, mean, I myself have my pressures, and who knows, maybe they can even hear me when I get into the podcast and I'm babbling on. I doubt that they can hear me. I'm not that loud, but it's possible. Maybe I'm annoying them just as much as they are annoying me. Who knows? But it's important that we 
look out for each other and be aware of what's going on. You know what I mean? Here's something, um, here's something in that vein of standing up for each other and, you know, collectively coming to some sort of consensus on what's going on. You know what I mean? I don't know if I advocate for this, and I myself wouldn't attend any rally, especially in these times, but this is more practical than what we're being fed. We've been, we've been fed this narrative of just shut up and listen to the John Howard Society website. We're tracking COVID-19 by the second. Shut up and listen to your elected officials. Shut up and listen to the government. They have your best interests in mind. Collect your $100 emergency COVID-19 relief check and survive on that indefinitely for the next, who knows, all right? Shut up and listen. Abide by the government. Like, how does that do anything? How does that promote a sense of recovery and relief and hope? So while I don't advocate for any, I mean, I myself would be leery of attending any sort of rally during these times. I am watching the situation with, you know, appreciation and wanting to, wanting to figure out what I can do or how I should behave moving forward in this type of support. Check this out. This is an article from cp24.com. Uh, police make arrests, disperse crowd of anti-lockdown protesters in downtown Toronto. Police broke up two large gatherings of anti-lockdown protesters in downtown Toronto on Saturday and arrested three people, including the organizers, as authorities set up enforcement of gathering restrictions and the provincial stay-at-home order. Videos posted on social media show hundreds of demonstrators marching through the streets, condemning public health measures and denouncing the COVID-19 pandemic. Police said officers dispersed demonstrators who gathered at Nathan Phillips Square in Young Dundas Square. Our officers were deployed to those areas to ensure public safety. And as a result of our officers being out there, we have three people that were arrested and charged. Constable Alex Lee said. The organizers, who police identified as 49-year-old Lamont Daigle and 38-year-old Kelly Ann Fracas Wolf, were charged with common nuisance. An officer was allegedly assaulted at Young and Dundas Square, police said. As a result, 22-year-old Connor Chappelle was charged with assaulting a police officer and obstructing police. Police said a total of 18 failed to comply with the Emergency Management and Civil Protection Act charges were laid at the demonstration at Young and Dundas Square. Our officers will be on scene for any of these protests. There, any large gatherings of more than five people, we will have uniform presence there and charges will be laid if necessary, Lee said. The protests, which have been happening weekly since the fall, is in, con- is in contravention. What? Is in contravention? Is that even a fucking word? Stop trying to be cute with me, by the way. 
fucking government. You know, you ever notice that too? That's another thing they do. They love throwing in smart ass words on these fake, phony, drummed up reports. As if contravention. They were acting in a contravention. Oh, wow. That means you're right. I'm not a dummy. Anyway. The protests, which have been happening weekly since the fall, is in contravention with a new restriction that prohibits outdoor public gatherings and social gatherings of more than five people that the government that is allegedly an elected representative, representation by election, democratic government allegedly, has enacted. I digress. We are appealing and urging for public and citizens to just please do your part and stay at home. Protect yourselves, protect the border, protect the broader community, Lee said. The new gathering limit came into effect earlier this week, as is the order requiring residents only to leave their homes for essential purposes. The province also declared a state of emergency. Ahead of the protest, Toronto police issued a statement to Twitter reiterating that they would be present at any large gathering to enforce the orders. While police respect people's right to peacefully protest, Lee said it's, it changes when there is an emergency order in place. As stated before by the police chief and other government officials, this is no longer just a public health issue. It's a public safety issue. So we will do what we need to do to ensure the public is safe and our officers will be out and about enforcing these regulations, he said. Toronto Public Health reported 975 new COVID-19 cases and 25 more deaths on Saturday. Fuck that. Sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. I don't believe it in the least. Uh, That's supposed to shock me? Oh, Toronto Public Health reported 975 new COVID-19 cases and 25 more deaths on Saturday. Okay, so 975 inflated bullshit fucking reports and then 25 deaths that could have been from anything. Maybe the person got hit by a bus, but they also um, got tested for a COVID-19 sample, and thus they died of COVID-19, not by getting struck by a bus. Just make shit up. So, you know, make of that as you will, folks. You know, people are pushing back against this. You know, and I personally believe in it. Enough's enough. I mean, some sort of agreement has to be released. Some sort of agreement has to be reached outside of just a government who's just going to indefinitely impose these reopening Ontario Act restrictions, lockdown restrictions. They're just arbitrary. And check this out as well. Initially, the lockdown in Toronto, Canada was supposed to go until February 11th, I believe, something like that. February 11th. And now take a look at this. This is an article from uh, the City of Toronto website. Um, This is from Toronto.ca. Toronto.ca, the city of Toronto.ca website. COVID-19, lockdown guide for Toronto residents. Last updated, last updated January 15th, 2021. It was last updated 
updated on January 15th, 2021. Today is January 18th, 2021. This guide provides Toronto residents with information about what is required during the gray, whatever that means. Oh, now they're using colors. Gray, oh, that means something to me. It means nothing to me. This is just shit that they make up. Anyways, this guide provides Toronto residents with information about what is required during the provincial gray lockdown period, which began November 23rd and is now updated to reflect the latest provincial restrictions, which came into effect January 14th. So these restrictions are coming to an effect. They've been ongoing since November 23rd. The new restriction orders have been put in place January 14th, but there's no end in sight. Look at this. There's work do's and don'ts, things that you can you can do and you shouldn't do at work. Work and school do and don'ts. Visitors and social gathering do's and don'ts. Household and child care do's and don'ts. Food and drink do's and don'ts. Shopping do's and don'ts. All these do's and don'ts, public places do's and don'ts, recreational do's and don'ts, services, attractions, and events do's and don'ts. Okay. But when is it supposed to end? The initial lockdown was supposed to extend to February 11th. Now it's just do's and don'ts galore. Do's and don'ts till the cows come home. Do's and don'ts until we tell you what to do and don't. Bunch of doo-doo, as far as I'm concerned. Hit me up, folks. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com I mean... Are we supposed to just indefinitely live in a state of lockdown and restriction from this COVID-19, which hasn't revealed any further information since January of 2020? I mean, what fucking difference in information have you learned over this pandemic period? It's been a year. It's been pretty much a year since COVID-19 has been in my consciousness, and I don't know anything more about it than when it started. Do you? Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Yes. And what would um, 2021 be without the first 2021 homicide? Yes. Um, this is the first homicide in um, <laughs> Toronto, Canada. Um, I'm not even going to read it. But suffice to say, as of uh, as of uh, January thirteenth, twenty twenty one, we officially have the first homicide in Toronto, Canada. It's sad. Seems stupid. Seems pointless. Um, I guess I could read it. It's a quick, short article here. This is from CP24.com. Police search for man wanted in connection with fatal stabbing in Scarborough apartment building. Police asking. Police are asking for the public's help in finding a man wanted in connection with the fatal stabbing of a 25-year-old man in Scarborough last week. On January 13th, police responded to a stabbing inside a building in the area of Eglinton Avenue East and Midland Avenue just after 5 p.m. 
Officers located a male victim with stab wounds to his neck and back. He was transported to hospital where he was pronounced dead. Police identified the victim as 25-year-old Mohammed Jelani from Minnesota. Yes, 25-year-old Mohammed Jelani from Minnesota. He is the city's first homicide victim of the year. Police previously said the incident appears to be targeted. On Sunday, police released a photo of the suspect, who they identified as 24 On Sunday, police released a photo of the suspect, who they identified as 24-year-old Guled Mohammed of Toronto. He is wanted in second-degree murder. For second-degree murder. He is wanted for second-degree murder. He is believed to be armed and dangerous. If located, do not approach. Call 911 immediately, police said. Yeah. Sad. Um, uh, the article says it's, it appears to be a targeted hit. So as sad as it is and as negative as it is, it seems to be an isolated incident. You know, seems like there were some conflicts that these people had amongst themselves that led to this. It's sad. And what it does is it brings into focus, brings into focus for me the importance of doing the right thing and that is to love your neighbor as you love yourself Christ love do unto others as you will have done unto yourself the golden rule it makes sense and when you live by that love when you live by that wisdom you're not caught up in what other people do and your dealings are clear minded and you realize that there's nothing another man or woman can do for me. I'm on my own, folks. I don't know about you, but I'm on my own. Meaning, what I have coming to me is either or is directly a blessing from God and of my own sweat and brow. There's nothing else coming from for me. The blessings of God and the sweat of my own brow is what I have coming for me. Other than that, nothing's coming for me. So when I when I get into thoughts in my head where it's like, oh, well, if I can explain my point of view to this person and then maybe I can get them to see things my way and then if they'll give me this or they'll give me that or if I get involved with this person or that person. It's you. It's about you. And how you do unto others as you would love done unto yourself. So that's important for me to keep in mind. It's like I don't even understand how a murder could happen. It's like that's how, well, I do understand when people are emotionally charged up and angry. But in my life today, it's like I'm not arguing about anything. And I'm not looking for anybody's anything. I don't want what you got. I don't want what anybody's got. I want what's mine. And that's it.
you know? So moving forward, um, I'm going to continue to talk about these things. I don't care if they're heavy. There's a lot of funny content in them. I mean, if you catch a look at this fucking uh, murder victim, it looks like Sideshow Bob. You know? <sighs> Bart Simpson. <laughs> fucking guy looked like Sideshow Bob, first murder victim of 2021. Fucking hair jutted out like an idiot, you know? Or the murder suspect, rather, whatever. You know what I mean? God bless him, but, you know, walking around with your puffed up hair and anger, killing people. I mean, come on. You know, so there is some humor and levity to be found in these situations. COVID-19, you know, masked up indefinitely like idiots, you know. There is a silver lining. And the silver lining is honesty and loving one another. You can see through the game and focus on yourself, you know. What I've been doing is I've been slapping the old bass, you know, as you all know. Uh, or as you may or may not know, I am a bass player by hobby. Um, I've recently been working on this uh, video. I did a demonstration of flat wound bass guitar strings. Very quickly, flat wound strings, they have a different sound as opposed to round wound strings. It's a different in the string wrapping, the string dimension. Flat wounds are kind of like tape wa- tape wound, smooth to the touch. <clears throat> Pardon me, folks. Whereas round wound are, you know, round wound and a little bit more um, rounded to the touch. So you get a different sound. So I've been playing with my bass, playing with my bass sound, having fun, keeping motivated, trying to keep myself on track, you know, um, something inspiring. And on top of which, um, my health. Yeah. Um, I came to a realization that, you know, I work out, I stay fit, I'm physically active. And, um, you know, but where I falter is diet, I think. Um, for a long time, I was pretty strict on my diet, fairly strict. But lately I noticed, you know, I've been getting into the gummy bears, you know, not exactly proud of it. Getting into the gummy bears, the chocolates, you know, actually, let's say, um, actually, no, I've been doing good since the top of 2021. But, you know, like November, December of 2020, I was off the rails, folks. I was gummy bears, licorice, you know, cookies. The whole kit and caboodle. Chocolates. I was just shoving it down my gullet. And I started to realize, you know, I got one of those bodies that are, it's totally a case of an apple a day keeps the doctor away. My body is responsive. If I eat right and I exercise, I see almost immediate results. Almost immediately. I can see the difference. I can feel the difference. When I eat poorly, you know, I'm pigging out, I'm hitting the carbs, I'm hitting the sugars, you know, just eating like a dog's breakfast. I see the results, you know, I'll start getting bloated, feeling lethargic, you know. 
So I'm making a concerted effort to, and I'm even feeling pain right now saying this because I'm like, I would really love to finish this podcast and just go dip into a nice bowl of ice cream or something or <laughs> bag of chips. Oh, a bag of chips would be nice right now, you know, but busting my hump entertaining you folks. Thank you very much. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. I've been busting my hump entertaining you folks here. Wouldn't mind dipping into a bowl of ice cream, maybe a bag of chips, you know. But that's going to run counter to all the hard work I've been doing, you know. I worked out this morning. I skipped rope. I did push-ups, sit-ups. I don't want to negate the hard work I'm doing, the effort. And I want to start seeing some results. I want to see how far I can really take my fitness. Because I've always been physically active and I've always worked hard to an extent. I mean, I've always been physically active, but I've never really pushed it. So, and I always talk about that. And maybe, mm, I don't want to set myself up for failure, but it feels like this might be the year. 2021 might be the year when I'm like, you know what, enough's enough. We're getting down a brass tacks. I'm pushing it to the limit, folks. See how far I can really take my fitness. So, I don't know. Wish me luck, folks. And follow along at home. You know, maybe you can make some resolutions for yourself as well. Why not? You know, it's a brand new year. It's only January 18th. There's a lot left of 2021. You know, if you've been fucking up, you know, back on the whatever, whatever the fuck you've been getting into. You know, if you've been screwing up 2021 so far, folks, still a brand new year. A lot of love and a lot of um, life left in 2021. So let's make the most of it. And, you know, till next time, folks. Hallelujah. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent January 18th in the year of our Lord, 2021. Can't shy away from it, folks. I mean, I hate to report this, but we're in the middle of a pandemic that has been prolonged indefinitely. What else should I talk about? We can't shy away from these things. All right? Let's find some love. Let's find some meaning. Let's find some life in 2021. The show's available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And again, folks, if you're enjoying the show, help my black ass out for crying out loud. Share me with a friend. Till next time, you live it, you love it, you realize it. All right? Peace.